Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. The scripture this morning is uh, not um, the easiest one to read and to understand or familiar. It's uh, to the Western ear. The phraseology is, um, is different. It's on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to just follow along with the uh, scripture from John this morning. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you did send me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, 
and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. And there he's speaking about Judas. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth, because your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The scripture absolutely is a difficult one for us to read and really make sense of. It is also not typically the scripture that you hear when we celebrate the Ascension. Today is Ascension Sunday. Normally on this Sunday, we would be reading about the miraculous event that took place as Jesus went up into the heavens. And we do remember that today. But today I want us to focus on this one. This scripture is unique because it is a prayer that Jesus is praying. And as I read through the words of this prayer, I realized that we could dissect every word and sentence of this and probably turn it into an entire book study. We could spend weeks on just this scripture alone. And obviously we don't have time to do that today, but there are some parts of it that really jump out to me. The biggest thing that jumps out first and foremost, and probably the most obvious, is that Jesus is praying for us. He is praying for you, he is praying for me, he is praying for every single person. Why would Jesus do this? At the end, he talks in his prayer about, I am coming to you, God. I, the ascension is happening, I am going. Why would Jesus pray so specifically for each of us? To me, there, this could be taken a lot of different ways, But to me, this helps signify what actually takes place as the ascension happens 
And then as we move into Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is sent to us, this prayer is a way that we are able to read and understand the Holy Trinity coming into full circle. That God, the Son, and the Spirit are all connected. In this prayer, when I read it, I read it as Jesus saying, you know, I have lived on this earth. I have taught them everything. But I'm not going to be here with them anymore, so I am handing them over to you. And you will send your spirit and these people on this earth. They are going to be the living image of me. And that's pretty powerful. The living image of Jesus is difficult, very, very difficult for each of us to truly live out. We all know that. Something that I've mentioned recently is that I've been part of a cohort that we're doing a spiritual care and clergy coaching. And I meet once a week with a spiritual director and other clergy members from around the conference. This last week, as you can imagine, was a very difficult one for me. It was a week that I couldn't people, much less be a pastor. I had to tell some of you when you text and tried to tell me, I'm sorry, I'm praying for your family. Do you want to visit? That no, I can't visit today. I just couldn't people. I wasn't ready. And I definitely didn't feel like I was able to be a pastor throughout that time. I didn't know how to write the sermon. I didn't know how to speak about what Jesus was praying about because I was doubting everything. I was doubting if I, I knew that I needed to be in Montana. I knew that God had sent me here, but I was doubting if I could be that far away from my family. Lots and lots of questions came up. And then during my cohort meeting, our spiritual director reminded us that it is very important for us to see our own worth. And all of us through our Zoom call kind of gave him this weird look and we're like, when all we can see is the negative parts of ourselves, how can we find the good? So he had us pull out a sheet of paper and begin writing down things that we already knew that we were good at. For me, I realized very quick that some of those things that I was doubting are the exact things that I was sure I was good at. I know that I'm a very good mom. Yes, I mess it up a lot, but I love them unconditionally and I am there for them no matter what. And I know that I'm a good mom. I can say that without any doubt. I also know that I'm a good pastor. Even though I felt like I couldn't be a pastor, I knew and every part of me knows that I love it and that God created me to do this and that that's what I'm supposed to do. I know that I'm a good person. I know that I know how to pray for other people. I know that I can be kind. I know that I can be a leader. And I hope that as I'm saying these things about myself, that all of you are beginning to think about things that you are good at as well. The things that you have already mastered, the things that you can't mess up because you are that good at them. God created each of us with unique gifts, unique abilities. And when we focus on those, they help us to go out and be that living example of Christ in the world. 
Something else that I was reminded of is that it was hard for me to accept that I needed prayers from other people. I'm usually the one that does the praying. If I was to stand up here right now and say, hey, which one of you would like to lead us in prayer? I can guarantee you this is what would happen. And everyone would try to avoid it. And I would say, it's okay. Terry will do it because Terry was a pastor or I'll do it because I'm a pastor and that's what we do. We're the ones that pray. It's hard for me and I know it's hard for any of you too to ask for prayer. You don't want to admit that you need other people praying for you. It's a difficult thing to do. But this particular scripture shows us that we all need prayer. Jesus didn't just teach us to pray the Lord's Prayer. He prayed very specifically for us. And it's important for each of us to pray for each other as well and follow that example. One of the studies that I read several years ago, and I wish that I could find the actual study because I don't remember which university conducted the research, but there is a university that conducted research about the power of prayer. And what they did is the class took an entire semester and they began praying for people. People that had no clue that they were being prayed for. Then at the end of the semester, they talked to the people that they were praying for and they began telling them about what had been going on. And the question was, did prayer change your life? And it did. Prayer is very, very powerful. It goes beyond our own comprehension. It does healing that we can't even begin to fathom. There is work that happens through prayer that we don't even know. We do not recognize. But prayer changes us. It changes those that are being prayed for, and it also changes those who are doing the praying. When you focus on prayer and you spend time praying, you begin to let go of some of those burdens that you carry. Maybe it's greed, maybe it's judgment, maybe it's own self-doubt, whatever those negative things are that you're holding on to in your life, when you pray, it changes you because those things are lifted and they are given to God. And God has the power to hold all of it. And there's nothing that we can pray about that is ever going to be too big for God. In fact, one of, I think, the most amazing parts of this prayer that Jesus prays is at the end of it, when Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. And he talks about people, all of us, needing to be sanctified. For any of you who have been a United Methodist your whole life, you might know that sanctifying grace is a very big part of why we are United Methodist. So United Methodists believe, we'll just do a quick refresher course on this, we believe in provenient grace, justifying grace, and sanctifying grace. Provenient grace is the grace that happens pre, it happens before, it's the grace that happens to us, the love that we get from God before we ever acknowledge it, before we're even born, God loves us, 
and we have that forever. That's the provenient grace. Then the justifying grace, the easiest way that I remember it is because of the J. You can think about it as the time that you truly accept Jesus, that you acknowledge Jesus' life and his teaching, and you vow to be a Christian. And you make that vow over and over and over again. That's the justification in our grace. But that sanctifying grace, that one is a little harder for us to understand. I remember it easiest because of the S. That's where the Spirit is at work in our lives. Sanctifying grace helps us to strive for what John Wesley called perfection. I personally believe that we all can reach Christian perfection in our life. And I believe that we can do it because of the Holy Spirit and through prayer. It might only happen for literally a smidgen of a second, less than a blink of our eye. But there is a moment that we can truly be pure. We can be free from sin. We can know and understand God in every single way that God created us to know and understand. And during that time, we have reached Christian perfection. But because we're human, we mess it up. And we do it over and over and over again. And so that's where this work that Jesus prays about comes in. That is where God is hand, or Jesus has handed us over to God. And he prays for us. Because he knows that we're going to continually mess it up. So how do we go out into this world and be better people? How do we make sure that we are staying in prayer? How do we fix this really messed up world? We can't do it alone. That is one thing that we definitely cannot do. But we can remember that God gave each of us the amazing gifts that he gave us. And by doing our part, by going out and being and living the example that Jesus wants us to be, other people can begin to see God through us. Other people can begin to know God through us. Other people can have a better understanding of who Jesus is. And the world will begin to change. As we think about this prayer, I invite all of you to think about times in your life that you have been prayed for and that you've seen it make a difference. I want you to think about times in your life that you have prayed over and over and over for somebody else and you have watched God at work in their lives. When we think about those moments, those God moments, they can be pretty amazing. Those are the moments that remind us of the power of God. And those are the moments that change our lives so that we can change others. So this week, as we prepare to go forward into the week, as we prepare for summer, as we prepare for a lot of upcoming changes in the weather and new times, I hope that each of you will remember that Jesus prayed for you. He prayed deeply for you, a very heartfelt prayer. And he did it because these are the ways that we are meant to live. We are also supposed to live this example and pray for each other. 
as a side note, after we left Brady, I thought that this was one of those unusual but very cool God moments. Bella, at the end of church, picked up one of the upper room booklets on the back, and she said, Mommy, what is this? And I said, well, that's the upper room. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, it's a devotional. And she says, what's a devotional? And I was like, oh, I'm really selling as a pastor mom right now. But I explained to her what it was. And she went ahead and took one home. And so on our drive back, she was asking me how to use it. And she's like, there's dates in here. And I said, there sure is. Why don't you open it up to today? So she found May 16th. And she opened it up, and you want to know what that devotional is about? Maybe some of you have already read it. It's titled, Our Prayer. And it is a reminder of the Lord's Prayer is what they're specifically focusing on in the devotional today. But it is a reminder that prayer can overcome anything. Prayer can help us overcome all of the injustice in this world. It can help us to be reconnected with God, to rekindle our spirituality in all the ways that we need it. And I thought it was a pretty amazing reminder to have that brought out and to be reminded again of the importance of prayer. So as I said, I hope that this week you will focus on prayer and that you will remember the good in you. Maybe you'll make that list yourself and write down the things that you are already good at so that you can use those gifts to make the world a better place. Amen. remember